Yo, 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 what's up, everyone? Welcome back. Warfit Podcast here. Metal Matt. We got the J-Lo. We got the Wild Bill. Big John Stud. Fellas. Hello. Evening. Stop. Good evening. How's everyone feeling? Been better, but I'll live. Really yeah, shit. Bill, you got a little bug, man. You got a little bug. Yeah, I'm a little banged up right now. Yeah, I got a little something going on. So I'm trying to fight through it for our listeners. I think it's what big you, penis uh, disease. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> big dick, pro- big dick problems over here. They're on <clears throat> big dick problems. Big dick problems. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. No, enough said. Enough said. Uh, so we're going to tee it off tonight. Pardon the pun. We're going to tee it off tonight with a little golf talk. We don't talk much golf on forfeit. I mean, this is more than just a fucking golf discussion. Well, like a, so I'm really curious to hear it, everyone's take on this. Because, uh, yeah. you know, it's 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 a loaded it's a loaded subject, right? It can be. It can be controversial. Uh, so everyone, everyone play, play nice. Just gonna, I'm just going to call it out right now. We'll also touch on a little bit of Phillies, how they're still stinking up the joint. Right. Um, and how they can, and how they can unstink it up. Right. How they can unstink it up. Um, little NBA finals. What we're thinking, where the series is at, no, and uh, that'll be all the sports John can handle since John no longer watches. Yeah, sports. since John doesn't okay. watch sports, but he, I, I, I tell you, he's watching the dynamic disc open. Yeah, he is. Next. He's why that's one event he will tune into until next I find weekend. out in between Baywatch. <clears throat> until I find out the PIF is uh, invested in disc golf, then I probably. Well, Okay, so let's jump into this. Let's just squash this now. Let's just get it out of our system. Okay. So the PGA Tour has has apparently merged or is merging in the process of merging with LiveGolf. So where do you want to take it from here? I mean, it's really, I mean, the news broke, but like it's not, nothing's happening yet. So... I mean, I think it's inevitable, right? I mean, there's a there's a handshake agreement, which I guess is is not set in stone, but I mean, the the writing's on the wall, and this isn't the first uh, attempt at getting dirty hands in the proverbial sports cookie jar for Saudi Arabia. So we can touch on that a little bit, and we can touch on what I think is is just the inevitable curse of of what's going on sports right now with with live i think jesse can probably touch on soccer um there's a bunch of things going on i just think this is a bad it's first of all it's a bad look for the pga so um, touch on it though like okay. like when you say this is a bad look what yeah. do you mean by bad look because i'm curious just what your what your thoughts of a bad look for sports so, so the the president of the PGA Tour, Jay Monahan, about a year ago was interviewed um, talking about Live Golf and how um, the 9-11 Families Commission um, had strong, obviously strong uh, views 
uh, as far as live golf being, you know, doing what they're doing in the space. And, um, he basically, basically talked about how, you know, you know, PGA players never needed to apologize for being in the PGA tour, insinuating that live golfers would now have to apologize because if you all are, don't know the PIF, which is the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia has basically established, uh, created live golf and, uh, poached many PGA players. Um, the, the PIF fund is fairly controversial along with obviously the Saudi government for things that they've done in the human rights space and so on and so forth. We can get into, um, and since that's happened, there's kind of been a, um, there's been a East coast, West coast sort of battle, um, between PGA golfers and PGA fans alike, um, which has caused a, a bit of a divide within, within golf. Um, the president, like I said, Jay Monahan, was very adamantly against live golf. And now after the news two days ago broke that they're now merging, it seems like he has um, basically stepped on his tongue a little bit and kind of said that, you know, I guess what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Um, and they have basically been bought by Saudi Arabia. Um, so it's, it's the essential idea of being a hypocrite and just taking the money, I guess, um, depending on which way you look at it. Um, but so I just, are, I, so yeah, what disap- what disappoints you more? I'm trying to get to what I'm yeah, getting yeah. at is what disappoints you more? The fact that he came out with strong opinions, voicing his, his, his disgust for this league and then turned around and basically all of a sudden has cut a deal with them. Is it the, is it the hypocritical point or is it the fact that what this, what, who started this league, what this league is kind of like built on and what it kind of like, what the roots of it is, or is it both? It's built on blood money and oil money in my opinion. So, I mean, again, I, the, the essential equation or answer to your question is, yeah, I think he's a hypocrite. I think it's a bad look for the PGA. I think in order to be bought by a Saudi, whatever you call wealth company or government, is is a bad look. The PGA Tour is actually a non-for-profit, believe it or not. Um, now, Saudi Arabia and this so-called new company basically will, you know, run it like a commercial business and you know have all the naming rights of everything and down to TV, television rights and so on and so forth. So it's essentially just being like, you know bought by a wealthy businessman um, who's really dirty. And, you know, I don't know if you've seen a lot of live events. Like, they sort of turned it into, like, the the um, the college form of golf where it's, like, you tee off and, like, everyone throws beer on each other and shit like that. Like, they've taken the sanctity out of golf from that aspect. They try to make it more fun, which I don't think the PGA wants and nor needs. So I'm hoping that that doesn't affect the PGA um, when they start to get together. But just the fact that everyone's sort of like money hungry on this and has basically, you know, the, the PGA Tour members like Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, who took like hundreds of million dollars to go join Live, are now like happier than a pig in shit because now they're going to be allegedly back into tournaments and so on and so forth. Yet the people who were um, more loyal to the PGA, Tiger, Rory, some other, some other big names, um, are basically like – what are we getting out of the deal since we were loyal and how it wasn't a whole, you know, it wasn't really great. 
Um, so, so I'm, I'm just good. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. No, I'm just, I just, I'm not happy about it. And the more I read about it, the more I dove into it, the more I dove into what exactly like the background of the PIF and what they start, what they started to do in other sports. I really thought it was something that we could sort of talk about because I think that it's sort of, once you start to hear more of the things that are happening, um, it starts to make you wonder like what's next for things like the NBA and the NFL and so on and so forth. So, um, it's kind of scary. Um, but again, it's something I think we can all talk about and have our opinions about. So I'm going to be devil's advocate here. Um, if you said you've done a little bit of research on the background and the funding of, of where this has come from, which is Saudi money and mm-hmm. that they're the main backer. Um, how, so in your research, did you come across any other corporations and or governments who have been backed by Saudi Arabia? Yes. So the PIF invests about closely around seven and a half billion dollars in some of the global worlds like most well-known companies. Some of those are Boeing. I'll just name a few. Boeing, Facebook, Disney, um, Marriott, Starbucks, I think. Uber, Citibank, Google. Uber, Yes, uh, yeah. Cisco, Pepsi, Pepsi Pfizer, pretty Live much, Nation. pretty much a lot of companies that affect all of us, and we pretty much live by whatever they whatever they do here over in the states, and sure. we go about our lives and and just think nothing of it. Um, so, that being said, mm-hmm. why does a golf league all of a sudden just like strike a chord with you? Um, well, it's not just, so it, it's, it's, I love golf. I mean, playing it, we, we know, I think, I think we one, all love golf. It's one of those sports where at first I was like, it's a boring thing to watch. And, and now that I play it, I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy watching it. Um, on top of that, the fact that it's also affecting other sports, not so much ones that I, I enjoy or love so much, but I mean, basketball, boxing, I've been getting into a little bit of formula one, not too much, but so basketball is a big one too, that I want to yeah. see. Cause we're all big basketball guys here, right? Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah. Where does basketball other than the United States, where is their main source of income generated? Probably China. Um, I'm guessing you're saying China, China. Mm-hmm. So another, another shit list country that we can all agree is kind of on our shit list. We're on their shit list, right? Um, in, on in the other, in, in like the opposite part of the world, right? So mm-hmm. like, so me being devil's advocate, I sit here and ask you guys, how? What's the difference? Well, and oh. and if and if and if it's if it bothers people that much, then you might as well. This goes beyond sports. You might as well just try to find a little sliver of land in an ocean somewhere and go live (laughs) and eat coconuts because I got news for you. I mean, it's just the world we live in. I mean, Saudi Arabia is the, the second biggest United States, second biggest trading partner Mm -hmm. has been for years. ESPN, the channel that we grew up loving and watching and still love and embrace for, you know, maybe not as much as before. I mean, it's kind of changed, but the first 
the first company who owned it was Getty Oil. Saudi Saudi money. So like we this has been happening for decades. I mean, it, it's always been there. They've always been in the mix. So like that's why I just, you know, I'm so, staying I'm staying away from uh, you know, I'm just I'm just being that 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 devil's advocate here. I'm I'm not on one side or the other, whatever. Because to be honest with you, I don't really. I'm like you, John. Like I, I don't. You know, it's one of those things that when it broke, it's like, well, I don't know what to think anymore. You know, one hundred percent. And I think that I I think that when I when I started to think about it and started to research it more, it was more a PJ Live thing. And then as well, I got, it fucks, it fucks with your head, though. Like, sure, one hundred percent. I mean, I mean, it fucks with your head. I, I also think, Matt, too, that like. This is in the most recent future that I remember of like something happening as big in a major American sport um, with another with another government. Right. You know, this would be essentially China buying the NBA, um, which hasn't happened. But if we did this with another with a more of an allied nation mm -hmm. who didn't who didn't who a group within that country didn't fly two planes into our, you know, into like one of our major cities. Right. So say, say like Ireland decided to mm. start this Goffly, you know, Ireland's sure. got a rich or Scotland, right. Rich golf heritage, you know, someone, you know, a, a tycoon over there decided to start this. We wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. Right. Yeah. I mean, possibly not. I, I guess, depending on, the situation in Scotland, but no, I, I, you're exactly right. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be such a big deal as it is being Saudi Arabia and the things in recent news events that have happened between the human rights stuff that we talked about with women and, and, and homosexuals with um, the way they treat protesters with um, what they did to Jamal Khashoggi, the Washington post mm -hmm. reporter. Um, and then of course the nine 11 thing, which I think was the, was part of the, um, the argument towards live because of what the nine 11 families came out and basically, um, were against it. Not only just because of the, the idea of it, they were also playing, um, in a few golf tournaments, not far from nine 11. I'm sorry, not, not, not far from the world trade centers and where the Pentagon was. So, um, the, obviously the families have a right and, you know, we, we as a country, I hope would stand with them, but yeah, I but think correct that's me if I'm wrong. And yeah. again, I'm devil's advocate here. I'm not on one side. I'm right now. I'm not on any one side. I'm just, just throwing out the questions. The people who were responsible for nine 11, they came from that region of the world, but they're, but it doesn't, it doesn't account for the entire nation. Correct. Uh, it depends who you believe. Depends on who you believe. Yeah, but I, it, it, read, I mean, read the read the missing twenty eight pages of the Senate House Intelligence Committee, and okay. how, they, how they talk about there was links between the Saudi Arabian government and and the fifteen Saudis, and it's a whole other wormhole to get down. But yeah, I mean, it, there, there's obviously a connection there. Um, depending on who you believe, I mean, there's two sides of every story. But I mean. Yeah, I, I believe that's where it came from. But I mean, it doesn't mean other people. But it's not it's not so black and white. Right. So like there's an argument there. So it, it's it, 
I would, I would like to believe that if there is such a, a strong connection to, from live golf to who was responsible in nine 11, I, I would, I would, I would hope that the PGA tour would, would not have done what they done. Well, can I, can it's money? Can I throw a, a quote out that came out four hours ago by yeah. Bryson DeChambeau came out and was on a CNN interview and mentioned that he, he suggested that nine 11 families forgive the Saudis for, for what was done among other unpointed quotes about the situation and what they did for, with Jamal Khashoggi and so on and so forth. I mean, it's been reported as well that Phil Mickelson, when he signed the $200 million deal with them and he made comments about when he was asked about the human rights things that had happened and he uh, sort of said some things that he shouldn't have, he then apologized to the Saudis. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's a tangled web and people and players, I think are a little, I think some are concerned about this and how taking money from them could affect them. Um, I know it's happening in other, in other sports leagues. Um, but you know, it, it just seems, it just seems like a scary thing for sports. Um, I know money, money is like Jesse just said, it's, it's money, right? It's the root of all evil. Um, it's in the Bible. I'm not to get political or biblical, but I mean, it's, it's in there. So I mean, at what point's enough is enough? I mean, when you start to see things that are going on in soccer, and I'm sure Jesse can discuss and talk about that at length, and we can get into that. But the Saudi Arabia and the PIF is also uh, trying to, or I'm sorry, they're already a joint sponsor in Formula One, which is one of the fastest growing sports in the world right now. They're trying to get into boxing and make a like four boxer mega tournament in December. And the fun, not the fun thing, but the one thing I wanted to bring up when you mentioned basketball is that it wasn't super highly publicized, but in December, um, the NBA has changed a rule which allowed sovereign wealth funds to then buy, be able to buy stakes in professional basketball teams. So the question basically is, is, is this then going to be the next step into the NBA and other, other sports that are more prevalent in the United States? Um, and I think that, you know, it basically opens that discussion up. And then when you hear about, you know, you know, we joke around about WWE, but the PIF apparently was involved possibly in buying them, but that didn't go through. Rest so it's again, peace, Iron Sheik. Rest, rest in peace, peace, Iron Sheik. So, I mean, it's just this whole idea of everyone keeps using the, the, the buzzword sports washing, but that's basically what it is. Um, and it's basically distracting everyone from all the fucked up shit that goes on in that country. And it's kind of a shame that, yeah, you're right. Like there it's, there's sports and there's things that we all love and we use on a day to day basis that we don't realize because it's not publicized that, you know, these horrible countries are either backing or involved with. And it, it really makes you wonder the next time you pick up something on the shelf or use a service or whatnot, really to like stay, take a step back and like really figure out like who's involved with this. And I think to your point, Matt, it's everywhere, but I think just being more educated about it and understanding it, I think it helps people make better informed decisions. Well, it's going to be interesting to see where it all lands. Cause like you said, it's, it's a handshake agreement right now. You know, yeah. we'll see where it goes. We'll see where everything shakes out. Uh, it's definitely something to uh, to keep our eyes on. And uh, I I don't think it's going to. Let's put it this way. I'm never going to be a professional golfer to the point where I'm going to have to decide if I'm taking Saudi money or PGA money. So I'm still going to hit 
you know, the fairways uh, every other weekend or so, whenever some I can, fairways, when, some when, when, when my knee and hip and back are feeling okay. Yep. So like, I think it's safe to say I'm it, this doesn't really affect me from a, a, an athlete level because I'm just my level of golf basketball, what have you is purely recreational. <laughs> so from that standpoint, I think the, the four of us on, on this podcast are safe, but it's just how we choose to support and endorse. And like, are we going to buy that Jersey? Are we going to, you know, go to that event? Are we going to, I don't know, you know, tune into such and such, whatever. I don't, I'm not, you know, it, it begs the question, right? It, it begs the question. What's like the limit? What's the limit? What's your limit? Like what's, what do you like exactly what you're saying? Do you buy those jerseys? Do you support that cause? What do you do with it? Um, are you educated about it? Like to, to have an informed decision, but like really or what is, is the limit? What is the or, limit? Or, yeah. What is the limit? And what do you, I mean, how far do you take it? I mean, within ourselves and our daily lives, like you said, like we've mentioned, you know, they've got their hand in a, a majority of, of businesses uh, that, that affects the lives of Americans. So it's like, do we, do we think about it? Do we feel bad every time we, you know, check a text message on our phone because of where the technology was funded and so on and so forth. I mean, do you go that deep? I mean, mean, it's just, if Saudi Arabia came to us and offered forfeit podcast, 400 million, hundred million for each of us. What are we saying? You know, well, who's got the fucking pen? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so there, there you go. Bill, <laughs> while Bill just chimed in and and laid the, uh, a, a hammer down right there. I mean, it's and it goes on to, to what you were you were starting to allude to. John is loyalty, right? Uh, who are you loyal to? You know, we've seen PGA guys, you know, go to the quasi dark side, other side, other side of the tracks, right? With Liv, mm-hmm. but. We see that all the time in sports. I mean, look at the de- look at the decision what LeBron did and started this huge trend in the NBA. We see it there. We see it in the NFL. It's like there is no loyalty, right? God, athletes aren't loyal anymore. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they'll they'll tell the media, the local media, on their signing day whatever they need to hear to get them to fall in love with them for that three year, five year, seven year contract, whatever it is. But when that's up, you know, if they, if, if, if that phone's ringing and the agent's saying, Hey man, you can get 25 more million dollars in a smaller market. They're going to that small. I mean, they're just, they're going, I mean, there's no, there's no loyalty so much anymore. I mean, I won't, I won't speak to it, but I'm, I'm sure I'm going to pass the mic to hopefully to Jesse to talk about soccer a little bit. Yeah. How, I want to hear the parallels, how, how it's going, that's going on with soccer in Saudi Arabia. Cause the well, more I dug, dug, dug into it, there was a lot more to uncover. It's not just Saudi money in soccer. Like, I mean, that's a big deal because, you know, they're the ones that are, you know, cutting up people and, you know, funds funding terrorism. But, you know, Qatar bought and bribed their way into a World Cup and, you know, bribed so much money they were able to change when the World Cup happened. So, I mean, that's a lot of money. And, you know, everybody was shocked when that when the votes happened. 
but every, then everybody realized how corrupt you know FIFA is, and you know they they bought their way in, and then thousands and thousands and thousands of migrant workers died building those stadiums. Um, you've you've got, and then you've got the Abu Dhabi government that owns Manchester City. Now Manchester City is a is a very successful soccer team that is funded entirely on blood money that doesn't have to be profitable, that doesn't have to be sustainable, um, that basically cheats every way they can. And they've spent almost one and a half, almost at this point, over one and a half billion dollars on players since they were purchased by that family. Not only are they owned by the Abu Dhabi, uh, the Abu Dhabi basically royal family, the sponsors of the jersey and their stadium are cousins and brothers of those people. So they they were like, oh, we've we've now we have world record sponsorship deals, and you know all the other English clubs are like, with who? And they're like, oh, Qatar Airlines and or Etihad Airlines and this and this and this and and everybody's like, but they're your family. You just made up an arbitrary. Mm-hmm. number and some of the english owners were like okay who was the what was the second bid for for your sponsorship deal tell us that and they they just refused to do stuff like that and you know so, you 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 look at what they have done to that club and to england right like they they are you know they've won like four three in a row um, last year they beat Liverpool on the final day, uh, which, you know, hurt me deep down. And I mean, Liverpool, I think I, Liverpool didn't, maybe I think they lost once or twice all year and they lost the league. And you, you look at a team like Manchester city and on paper, Liverpool's 11, they're starting 11 to Manchester city starting 11 were just as good, if not better than them. But it was, Manchester City's 12th to 18th player are just as good as the starters on any team. And so you have these these wealth funds that are just buying up players and buying up teams and doing all of this and it, it becomes like an it 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 becomes like a an unfair advantage because they have limitless mm. amounts of money until the oil runs out or, or the, the, the citizens of those countries throw overthrow the governments, the money is never going to run out. And they're so, going to do whatever so, they want with it. So, Jesse, talk to me about Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk to me about Ronaldo. Signs a $200 million deal with the Saudi team, Al Nasir, I think, right? Mm-hmm. In the Saudi Arabian League, yeah. Now, it, was he making nowhere near that in... I want to. I'm going to butcher it, but like Premier League or whatever league he he's playing in. He was making a lot of money, but he wasn't making that kind of money. Okay. And same thing with the other guy recently. Uh, what's his name? Kareem something. Oh, Benzema. Benzema. He signed yeah. three years, two fifty eight. I, I mm-hmm. saw. And then, yeah, like, and then you got Messi, right? Which I think is another. I think that sort of segues not only just European soccer, but into the MLS, right? And how, I mean, he apparently, here you go, Matt. He apparently turned down a billion dollars from Saudi Arabia's sport uh, soccer club. So, you know, I think it's, 
it's interesting to hear that. And granted, he's coming over to to play in Miami for the MLS. But I mean, think about that in a grander scale of LeBron, or I mean, he's he's not a good example, a Giannis, or you know, n- name another Steph Curry. Um, all of a sudden, China wants to pay him a billion dollars to come over and play in China. Like, it'd be a bad. It would be a, a, a bad look, I think, for the NBA. So, like uh, a Liverpool player, um, Mo Salah is one of the best players in the world. He's making like three hundred fifty thousand pounds a week. So, I mean, they these guys do make a lot of money. Um, it's crazy. So, it but it but again, it's blood money. Like it's just limitless amounts. It's limitless amounts of money, and um, but the 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 teams aren't good in Saudi Arabia, and um, so they're just buying they're just buying players. And to, to your point earlier, like not only does the did the the Saudi investment fund are they investors in Formula One? They tried to buy Formula One at one point, mm-hmm. and they're probably going to come back and buy it and try to buy it again. Only for about uh, twenty billion, I think they, they yeah, try to buy. <laughs> no big deals. So you you have that, and you're right. They now that that rule got changed in the in NBA, it is only a matter of time. And and by the way, uh, the same group, City Football Group, that owns Manchester City, owns a, an MLS team. So it's already started in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, but. And years ago, and you're, I'm sorry, and Jesse, years ago with the Nets and the uh, the Russian owner. Yep. Uh, so I mean, he I don't think he no longer owns it, but no, he had to sell it when yeah. when everything. Putin was uh, like, yeah. I don't they, think so. <laughs> so, but now that that's happened, it's only a matter of time until the that Saudi front starts buying. You know, may, maybe Michael Jordan's like, you know what? Mm. I don't feel like owning this team anymore. It's a great point. It's for sale. And the Saudi government's going to be like, cool, cool. What's, uh, what's the, the dollar figure? Cause I, we've got that line in our cushions of our couch next yeah. to the severed arm of a journalist. So just let us <laughs> go get that real quick. Uh, and it's the same in, in the NFL. Like the next time an NFL team comes up for bid, they're probably going to want to buy that. Like, the the fact that live golf if this live golf thing goes through, it's just going to open the floodgates to um to it. And now there's another Saudi backed group that owns another team in England. So it it's one of these, and and it's it fans really do know. It's like well, now that the with these owners that have like. Un, untapped amounts of money like you can't compete because there's no salary cap there 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 are loose rules that these teams have already proven that they can beat and flaunt at to their you know at their will so wh- what so you know it's they can't compete and you know even if even when in, in soccer like a lot of these teams were, were buying players, driving up the cost of players for everybody else, and then not even playing them. <laughs> they would then send them on loan to another team in another country. So like that's another thing that these guys were doing. You know, not only artificially inflating the prices of players so nobody else can afford them, but then just being like, 
we don't even need him. He's so, we're so good. We don't even need him, but you can't have him. So we're going to send him to, you know, play in Spain or, or, or play in, you know, Germany or whatever. So it, it's a problem and it's, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse until, um, the league, somebody forms a backbone and it's just like, no, not us. And, you know. and, and I think when Americans start to defend countries that affected their home country, I think it becomes even more of a, 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 a shame of an issue when we tout how much we care about this country. And I just think from a sports perspective, I think it's important for people to understand, get themselves educated and have an opinion on, or like you said, Matt, choose to not be involved with it or be involved with it and whatnot. But I think it's like Jesse saying, like the floodgates are open now. And for as much as we may or may not know how uh, integrated or uh, interconnected uh, these countries are to our American sports, um, I think is kind of interesting. And for, for the better or the worse, it's, it's something to keep an eye on as, as sports fans. I mean, it's even in cycling now, like the, um, I think Abu uh, Qatar. I think it's Qatar uh, sponsors a, a cycling team, a world tour team, and they've got some of the best riders in the world. And you know, especially in a sport like cycling, where the the margins are razor thin because the riders get a lot of money, and the teams don't make a ton of money. So you almost need like a wealthy benefactor to run, to fund the team. And that team is the only team in the world tour that picks their, that every other team has sponsors and they, you know, they'll exchange money for, for bike frames, for wheels, for drivetrain components, for shoes, for whatever. They're the only team in the world tour that, that looks at all the parts of it for everything. And they're like, who makes the best stuff? <laughs> we don't need money. We'll buy all our parts. Cause we're going to buy the best stuff to make the best bikes that our guys can then go win on. Like it's a completely different having that advantage of everybody else of just untapped revenue is, is such a, uh, an unfair advantage. And then on top of it, it's coming from a region of the of the world that, you know, has horrific, you know, human rights violations and, and, um, you know, state funds, terrorism and stuff like that. It's, it's super shitty. It's super dirty, super dirty, but Hey, like, like you said, it's, it's uh, part of the world we live in and like, you know, like I, I guess some some people you know it doesn't doesn't matter some people it does and you know it is what it is but again here on Forfeit Podcast we uh, we toe the line <laughs> we do we're toeing the line I got news for you Amer- America's no angels either so no definitely not just definitely just, not just want to throw that out there Bill from a business standpoint what are your thoughts on all this. You're a pretty savvy business guy, both from the, you know. I mean, he's the CFO of Forfeit Pod. Basically, I mean, yeah. 
and we treat this like a nonprofit. We never show the books. So like, like any, <laughs> any nonprofit. If well, you're done, if, this- if you're done blowing your nose into the microphone, <laughs> we'd love to hear your opinion on this. Well, I think it's just, I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty basic at the core. It's when you have as much oil as Saudi Arabia does, you can kind of get to do what you want to do. And I think that's kind of the X factor is, is that they have what everybody in the world wants. So, you know, for a long time, you know, we would kind of stand our grounds on limiting what they can do. But as we enter now, I don't know, was it 31 trillion in debt and have a hard time paying our bills the hard, it makes it that much harder to tell countries like that, no, you can't do things, you know? So I think letting them into the entertainment and sports fields is, is kind of one of the easier ways to kind of, you know, help, you know, I guess get them to do favorable deals. I mean, I'm not trying to say anything like that's definitely going down, but I think it's also ignorant to think it's not to be where, you know, it's, you know, getting, you know, getting rights to, you know, to, to, to you know, to the to barrels of oils and making sure they flow as much as we need whenever we, we, we need. And we have a place to, you know, kind of have a spot in that region military wise. And it's just kind of crazy that that's, um, you know, that they're, that they're involved in that many businesses. I mean, I knew they were involved with stuff, but hearing you make that list, it just kind of paints the picture that, you know, they've been here for a long time financially. And it's just now with sports, it's so beloved. It's kind of, it's just in our face a little bit more. So it's, I think it's, and that's something that kind of tugs on our heartstrings. It's not, we, we don't care as much going into CVS and buying you know, Alka-Seltzer giving a crap who, who funds that. But when we turn on the TV on a Sunday, we don't want to see a patch on a, a uniform that we root for. You know, that's where we draw the lines as Americans. So it's kind of like you said, it's we're being hypocrites. It's like, you know, we text on our phones made in sweatshops in China, you know. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's not fair to assume that, but I mean, you hear stories. Sure. And whatnot, you know. I mean, they have friggin' nets outside their windows of these factories, so people trying to kill themselves can't die. So I gotta think it's not great working conditions. But we look past that because we, we it's because cool we phone. have to bid on because we have to bid on the Jordans, man. Yeah, you know? no, I mean, you know, and that's what it is. It's it's. I think it's kind of either like John said, do the research and know what kind of companies you support. And then you got to kind of go down that rabbit hole of I'm a boycotter of this, 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 and this. And you got to make that decision. Is this the way you want to live your life? Like being that, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, on, on that perch that I'm a good person, I'm a good American and I only support this. Okay. You know, I can get behind that, but then I also realize that the world is more than just America. You know, right. it's a great country to be in, the greatest country on earth. But, you know, it's not everybody in Saudi Arabia is probably a piece of shit. Sure. I got to think, you know, some decent people over there. You know, it's just, and that's the other thing too. It's, we're so. What are they though, Bill? What's that? Based on, based on comments earlier. 
Well, I, I think mean, it's. I think one of the things too, and I mean, you know, this is, is everyone wrong. in Saudi Arabia a piece of shit? Was everyone in Germany a piece of shit when well, that's what I the mean. Nazis did like, what they did? You kind of, you, know? you, you kind of yeah. get mixed in, and I think you know this is on a tangent, but I'll keep it brief. Oh, we're going on it. This this whole episode, <laughs> we've been on tangent this whole time. This but is we it. Only, we're just we're going we down really tangent, bro. Get access to information that media conglomerates want us to have. You know, it's like, and even in this country, it's. I mean, we get now more information with social shows, social media and whatnot. But how do we really know what life is like in Saudi Arabia and in the Middle East? We only get it, you know. Okay, we you watch Al, you know, read Al Jazeera, like you know their main news network. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sure they do some reporting, but do, do you think they're really going to have like non-biased information coming out? Sure. And they're state-owned. I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know that for a fact, but I kind of think they are. I mean, maybe I'm way off on that, but even if they're not, like. I don't think they have freedom of speech over there, really. So it's like no, we, they, we they, get a, a skewed view of they everything. They lock up dis, dis, dissidents and uh, and torture dissidents. What I mean, so like everything that they're trying to paint out, it's like, all right, well, we don't. And and again, that kind of goes to like you know the whole, just like you know the way of life over there. So by taking their money. We're saying we're okay with this, so that's kind of where, as a country, we either have to get shit or get off the pot. <clears throat> we either have to not watch live and stop using Google, you know, where, you know, however their money's in, in or, you know, intertwined in these companies and the big tech and big pharma, you know, and that goes down the whole. But to Matt's point, Bill, I mean, like it's everywhere. Like yeah. it, I, I didn't realize it as much when I started to Google like what else they had funded. And when I saw that list, like you, I was like, hmm, interesting. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I guess, yeah, it, it's, it's eye opening. Yeah. But again, I just think to reiterate, like as far as sports fans are concerned, I think it's something that I think it's important as a sports fan to kind of understand and, and be eye open towards it. But it, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's what level you're comfortable with because, you can either live your life with, you know, I don't support this, and that's that's a fine way to live. You know, who who are who are any of us to judge that? Or you have to kind of just turn the turn, you know, turn the eye and think, you know, okay, like, <clears throat> you know, I don't like this, this, and this, but you know, you got to be okay with kind of being hypocritical. Sure. I mean, so that's kind of where you know, and I think that's kind of America in a nutshell. Sometimes it's. Well, it's either being hypocritical or do you come to terms of say, "Hey, I'm okay with it on these terms." Like because, you, you live and yeah. you live and you and you and you go about it on your terms and your terms only. You know, exactly. it, it's like because what do you want out of your life? Do you that's want why to, America's great? You know, do you, you know? Do you like having the Google machine readily available and your iPhone and your Jordans and watching sports and you know all this stuff, or do you want to be like, you know what? I'm only going to wear New Balance and I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm going to, you know, not use iPhones and all this well, shit. And that, and you know, and that's, and that's the thing. It's like, okay, we'll take Michael Jordan as an example here because we can all, we can all agree here that he is quote unquote, arguably the greatest basketball player ever lived. Right. But he needed help. 
right? Some, some players were better than others. Some had issues, you know, more than others, but they all helped him achieve his greatness, right? Same thing with America. America. We can, we, we all believe that America is the greatest country country in the world, right? But America needs help. And when they reach out for help, yeah, they get the help they need, but you know, they get it from places that have their own problems, right? And some more fucked up than others. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not advocating for these problems and, and everything and saying it's okay, but it's just, it's like Bill's, it's the world we live in and it's, it's what makes it spin. Yeah. You know, for, yeah. for, for lack of a better word. So it's like, you know, I just looked up, you know, my, the state of Montana has the most, let's see, as of 2020 is a small point, but the state of Montana had the most hate groups in 2020 per capita. So does that make everyone in the state of Montana a shit bag? Most of them. <laughs> well, yeah. but, like, but you got my point, it, sure. it, you know, it, 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 so it's, 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 you, you live your life by a set of values that, that you, that make you f- the best person you can be. And whatever those values are, you, you just hope people respect it. And that, you know, and that's, and that's what, it, and so John, if you woke up tomorrow and they closed the deal with live golf and you came out to us and said, I'm done with golf. I mean, who's to say you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, everyone's got uh, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. That's it. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's just, I think one of those things that, you know, on Sundays, Thursdays, Mondays, whenever you watch sports, I look at it as an escape. It's, uh, it's something to get away from, you know, our everyday. And then when it starts to get a little more deeper and a little, I guess it made me, it's also cause I'm older. Um, more wiser, maybe more dumber. I don't know what. Um, it starts to really make you wonder more. Um, whereas when you were younger, you didn't care as much. Well, I think um, when you're younger, you, you don't really like you think you know how the world works, but you have no fucking idea until you really yeah. live in it for some time. Like, how about this? Until you're 43, and then you kind of understand, but you still don't understand. Yeah, I know. I mean, you have a, 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 a glimpse of it, and it's like, man, this is a shitty glimpse. <laughs> like, do you guys remember it's back, in, back right? in the day? Like, I can tie this up on a bow. Like, uh, wrestling, WWF. Well, yeah. we're going to go WWF, not WWE. We're going throwback. Like, uh, during the uh, was it the first Desert Storm Gulf War when, yep. when Hulk Hogan faced Sergeant Slaughter and he came out with like the, with the Iraq, Saudis with yeah. the yeah with with the flag and everything. It was like, well, this guy's maniacs. Yeah, it was like Pukemaniacs. It, it was like <laughs> it was it was like it was nuts. Like you like as a younger person, you're like, why is Sergeant Slaughter siding with them? You know what I mean? It's like and then you fast forward like forty years later and you and you're older, you're like, Oh, that that was that was, you know, staged acting and drama and at its best. Yeah. And now it's like full front, like it put butts like, in the seats. It's like live now, like no pun yeah. intended. Like it's happening and it's it's yeah it's kind of crazy how full circle that stuff is. I mean, I hate to make the parallel between WWE and what's, you know, it's sports entertainment. It's part of it, but man, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's a very, well, it's just, it's just the non-fictional side of a fictional thing. 
yeah. now, you know? Mm-hmm. So, wow. Vince McMahon had some foresight there. <laughs> he <predicted laughs> the future. What a, what a ge- fucking genius. <laughs> and it also- uh, yeah. Well, I mean, so let's, let's flip the script a little bit. I, uh, where do you want to go? Do you want to talk a little Phillies? I mean, you know, someone say, okay, they're on a five win, five game winning streak, but I take a look at it and it's like in the grand scheme of things, what's five games in the season of baseball. No, nah, I mean, they're playing better now. I think they're going to, I think they're going to, they're, they're a streaky team and it just, the fact that they don't really have solid pitching, but I mean, they have the guys like you hear Wheeler. that John Wheeler, yeah, Wheeler pitch good tonight. Okay. Wheeler. Well, he should bill for fucking $280 million. He shouldn't be a problem. And, you know, Nola pitched good yesterday. And, you know, we got Ranger Suarez back. Um, maybe, but, maybe we can get a uh, Jalen hurts and AJ Brown to play since they, they sound like they're pretty good bats. No, I mean, AJ Brown was hitting some home runs in batting practice. It looked like, yeah, I think, I think he, I think he put some out, which is so crazy that like he was drafted by the Padres or something. Wasn't was he? he real? Okay. I'm not going to say, like cause if he didn't play baseball at all, I'm doing that. It's just so, just so depressing to like, see somebody like who doesn't play baseball do that. But yeah, there's something <laughs> I, I read something where he, did he go to Ole Miss? I think he played, he played baseball at Ole Miss. And then he was like, he did spring training with the Padres or something. I don't know. I'm I'm, ho- I, I'm 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 hoping he did because uh, if he didn't and hit those home runs, it would be like I mean I'm not like mad at the guy, but you know it's not easy hitting a baseball that far and no. he made it look he made it look easy. But the Phillies, um, I think they're going to be one of those teams all year where I mean we got swept by the Mets and then now we won five in a row. We lo- we lost the first game to the Nationals, but. This team is so talented, like they're gonna be in it at the end of the year. It's just just sad to see that we're not gonna be like a front running team. Like we're gonna be chasing a wild a wild card card spot. Well, we're season. heading into we're we're heading into a series with the Dodgers, so we'll see how that shakes out. Nah, but and we'll, oh, I mean, we could uh, can touch on them more, but it's been going a little while and I wouldn't mind talking about the NBA finals a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just wanted to touch a little bit, you know, get a pulse on the fills. You know, they're gonna be all they, right. We can check back in with them next episode a little it's bit. It's a it's a marathon, man. You it know, is. they're they're at the they're at the they're at the watering station right now. They're taking a, a couple <laughs> sips. We needed to check in and make sure, you know, that they're that they got electrolytes, you know, for the next for the it's, next it's fifteen miles or whatever they're doing. Baseball, baseball is pretty simple in this. I forget who said it, but one of the, the old school base, the old school like baseball writers in the eighties. I used to like writers, actual paper writers, said it's simple. You're going to win fifty games and lose fifty games, no matter what, every year. There's no team that wins less than fifty games. What are you going to do with the other sixty-two games that matters? That's, so that's it. all it comes down to in the baseball season. Like so. Well. And and perfect segue into our next topic, the NBA finals, because a lot of people will say the way the NBA is played now, it's not really so much the regular season. It's getting healthy for the playoffs and making that run to the, to the NBA finals and seeing it through. And so far, fellas, we've got a pretty interesting series, uh, you know, shaping up. I, uh, I said it on the last episode that the, you know, Miami was going to have to take at least one of the first two games in Denver 
to stay alive and, and go the distance if they were going to have a shot against the nuggets who are the most, the, the more talented team on paper. I will say that on paper and throughout the year, I, I think we can all agree. Denver is the, is the better team, but Miami, I don't know what the, what's in the water in South beach. I don't know what Pat Riley's, you know, saying to these guys, it, it, it's, they've got, they've got a, they're the eighth seed and they're in the finals and it's just, they have the a will to win. It's, it's a culture. culture. It's a, it's a mentality. It's a mindset. It's a, it's just a, a it, it's similar to the similar, but different to what's going on or what has been going on in golden state over the years. Right. It's like they get these guys in, they plug them into the system, the guys that fit their system, fit their, fit their culture and they thrive. Uh, you know, not many teams are able to do that, uh, including our Philadelphia 76ers apparently. <laughs> so it, it's once you get the right culture established and you identify the right guys that can thrive within your system and your culture, who knows what can happen, right? But hey, uh, with all that said, they got one in Denver. They made it interesting. They come back to Miami and uh, Denver, the, the coaching that's been going on over the past 72 hours in de- with this Denver squad is quite impressive. Uh, calling calling their, their stars out publicly mm-hmm. and breaking them down and building them back up. And it, and it worked beautifully. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's Miami's move. Well, and we'll see what happens. You know, can, can Jimmy buckets, you know, deliver on what he, what he, what he said once again in the post game, you know, new, uh, uh, presser, you know, it's, they gotta be more aggressive. He's they've got it. He's, and it starts with, it starts with him. So, you know, all eyes on, on, on Mr. Buckets. They need yeah. that. They need that extra guy. You know, like the, they, the Nuggets have Joker, Jamal Murray, <clears throat> excuse me, and then they got like watching the other night, like Aaron Gordon. Like they need that extra guy to like take that, take the like I think about years ago with Iguodala, uh, with the Warriors. Like they need that extra third, third or fourth guy to be the player to to continue, you know, uh, to to get to the next step at least. Um, get to the finals is great, but winning it's what you want to do. And Jimmy Butler alone can't do it. Bam Adebayo is, a, I think, a, a pretty good player. Past that, I mean, they're really trying to get uh, Vincent and, and Struess and all those other guys to to try to be that. And I'm I, I'm not sure if that's that's possible. I think it's. A, well, they don't have an answer for Jokic. They they just they, that guy can't be stopped. No. So what do you do? You key in on. You know, you let him get his 35 or whatever, and then you try to stop Murray. But, you know, I think you, Denver had the had the perfect counter uh, and got Murray, you know, at very active early. And they had, you know, a smaller Miami team trying to fight through screens against a bigger Denver team. And it's just. It's. It's uh, it's it's the make it's the makeup of a long night for Miami. I think the Denver Nuggets are just the epitome of what it's like being an East Coast sports fan to where like 
because Vending Van Gundy commented once in game one or two, I mean, I think it was game one, like Denver is beyond stacked. Like they're rolling out Jamal Murray, who's an all-star point guard. They got uh, Kadavis Caldwell-Pope. If he, he's played, he's not missed a game in the last 10 years in the NBA. The guy won a championship with the Lakers. He's just a professional shooter and defender. You got Aaron Gordon, who guarded Kevin Durant in this in the semifinals. LeBron James in the conference finals. The guy is six nine, and is making Jimmy Butler look stupid on offense. Michael Porter six ten, playing like crap, but he's a rebound machine, and he can switch on anybody on defense. And then you got Joker, arguably the best player in the league right now, and he's with their bench. You got Bruce Brown, who's like an energy guy, kind of comes in, can hit shots, can talk shit, kind of play hard defense. Michael Green, <coughs> pardon me, champion, 100 playoff games under his belt. And then you got the X Factor that all teams need is Chris Brown. Watched him at Kansas, won a championship at Kansas with the, with the Jayhawks. Kid just comes in and plays like a maniac but under control knows how to play the game. Right. In game three, when you watched him, he knew how to attack the zone. He didn't stand on the three point line, winning the ball for the ball. He constantly cut to the rim. Cause when you dribble penetrate, yeah, there's a kick out, but there's also a, a layup and dunk available. And that's what this kid was like. They are so well coached and so well put together. I don't think Miami has a prayer. This is, this is over in five. I think personally, like unless they just go ice cold from the field in game four. I think they're going to bury them in game four and they're not going to leave Denver without. Or them. they play down to Miami like they did in a game. <coughs> four. I mean, which Jimmy's arguably, gonna, I mean, if you watch game two, you know, they, they, I mean, they uh, had game two. They choked it away. They were up. They choked to 35. They choked. They, they took mean, the foot off the pedal. Yeah. Said, oh, we got this. And then, he, and then Duncan Robinson hit those two, three started the hot order. I mean, that kid's lethal. I mean, that yeah. kid comes in, and just chucks it. And, and and they got punched in the mouth because Miami's got heart. But I think that was a wake up call. It was like, oh shit, it's game time. And I don't, and I, this team, let's put it this way if this team was in like LA or New York, you know, a big market, it would be getting posterized as one of the best teams and this and that. But because mm-hmm. it's in a small market on the West Coast, it's like, oh, well, you know, no, nah, dude, this team is stacked. And shame on us for sleeping on them this long, you know. <clears throat> but they're letting everybody in the league know. I mean, Bam is six nine trying to guard Joker. I mean, come on, like that's Paul Reed. He's, Bam is Paul Reed, but more skilled. Basically, yeah. that's what Bam Adebayo is. You bite your tongue. Why well, well, I, I think? Just, I think. I think, I think Paul Reed on. could become a Bam. I don't know at that level, but they're the same kind of player. They're a tweener, high energy. Can guard the center, but when it really comes down to it, I mean, Joker just stands there, doesn't even jump, and just shoots over top of him. Like, it's one of those things where I, I think Jimmy Buckets could put up 50 tomorrow, and it doesn't matter. Like, I think they're just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not you know, I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout, but I think, I think Denver's, Denver's going to take care of business because they smell blood in the water now. Can, can we stop putting Paul Reed? Up on some sort of fucking <laughs> basketball pedestal. Oh, have you seen the videos and working out? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Started, started more, that's all I need is more, more social media workout videos. 
Started two games in the playoffs, but double double in both games. You're gonna come around. You're definitely gonna come around. I'll eat all the crow in the world someday. I will. Once they all join and be for right now. For right now, please. For 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 Christ's sake. I use Paul Reed as as an example because they're both six nine who play center, but they're not really Bam's not a center. He's six nine. He's a power forward. But he plays center for the Heat. Like that's what I'm saying. Like they're the same body type, same kind of player. Bam shoots ten well, foot shots. That's what Paul Reed is. Like we've like we've discussed to nauseum. Who is a center in the NBA? Mm. Joel well, Joker. I mean, he guy has twenty rebounds because he's the biggest guy on the floor. Joel Embiid is the biggest guy on the floor almost every night, and still only has ten rebounds a game. Joel Embiid's not a center though. You got to play center to be center. That's what I mean. Like hey, he's not a center. fat ass in the post on defense. Like he don't move well, but he, he knows he's the biggest guy down there. Just put your arms up, get the ball, like box somebody out and you will get the rebound. I mean, 20 rebounds. Isn't hard when you're seven feet. It is for our center. Cause, cause, cause he have to get him. He's at the three point line. I was going to say, it's hard to get rebounds at the three point line. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> he has a center's body, but doesn't play like one. John, you you had you said he was Tim Duncan and Dirk, right? Was that your comparison? Uh, it was. It t- was Duncan and. I, I wish I thought of Dirk. I forget who the other one was. I've Dirk heard plays Dirk like Duncan, but he's a little more. I think he's got he's, the touch of Dirk, though. Like, yeah, he's a better shooter than Tim Tim was on the outside, and yeah. a better passer. I mean, but fundamentally, makes, I'm sorry, fun, no, fundamentally. Good. In the post, I mean, he's Tim Duncan, but I yeah, think no, he does. That's a great point about uh, I should have I should have put Dirk in there as far as shooting's concerned. But yeah, his shot is is like a is like a rainbow type of. But when you watch it, he plays like a big man. That, he keeps the ball above his head because he's yeah. the biggest guy on the court, and just leave it up there. Just don't. But he's got there. that form that like he takes the ball and puts it so far be, behind his head, it's unblockable. You can't, you can't block it. Mm-hmm. No, he's he's just and the passes he makes. I mean, we we did come at that one night. He makes fundamental passes look, like look, you know, like amazing. But they're not. I'm I mean, not, not downplaying. Not yeah, exactly. I'm not downplaying. I mean, you got to have the vision to see those sorts of things. But at the end of the day, like I watch it. Everyone here watches it. Who's played basketball? And it's like. I think Bill, you made the comment like that's kind of how far the league has fallen a little bit yeah. because it's just when you break it down, it's it's what they teach you in middle school how to play basketball, mm-hmm. and they're just doing it, and they're doing it at the highest level. So I'm not taking anything away from them. No, because the NBA become hero ball. It's yeah, all Dame Lillard, James Harden. You know, guy, you know, it's just shit well, like that. Oh, I scored 34 tonight. Yeah, but you lost in the first round of the playoffs again. So he's, grinding, he's grinding in the paint. I mean, 30, 20, 10, like you know 20 else, rebounds. He's a first. You know who else someone compared him to was Kevin McHale. And I thought that that was a, a, a fair, not, not like his whole game, but like just his, his, I guess his awareness on the court. His he plays how fundamentally like sound he, he is. He's not afraid of contact. And like that's the thing with like when you watch Joel, Joel plays in the contact, but always falls or like fades away. Right. 
Joker like leans into it, like, come hit me. I'm taller and stronger than you. I'm going to put you down, not the other way around. And it's almost like if if you've ever watched Kevin McHale, it's like, it's not the prettiest thing in the world, but he gets it done somehow, you know? And it's, I think it's the same way with Joker is like it. Sometimes it looks like he's tripping over his own feet, but then the ball just gracefully, you know, goes in the hoop and the touch he has on the rim is yeah. just it's special. It's crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah. What are, I mean, what are your thoughts now? Like watching Joker in the finals and playoffs and then does it downplay the Joel Embiid MVP at all or no? Is it kind of like, uh, congratulations. Joel had a Joel, Joel had a great year. Joel, I think earned it more last year than this year, but this was a makeup year. But up until this year, Joker had some playoff failures. So it wasn't like he, I mean, they blew a three, one lead, I believe in the conference finals two years ago, him and Murray. I, I, I could be wrong, but I, I think I remember hearing that like, they, like this was his coming out party in the playoffs, so he's earned it. But Joel, I think, earned it this year. But it just because because it, it's a regular season award. So, mm. but I think Joe, I think the Joker proved he's a better player than Joel. Like he's just a better like Joel's a better defender, I will say, than Joker. But I think Joker's so light years ahead of him on the other side. He's just of the mature. Ball. He's just a more mature player. Like. He's he already, makes his team better, and I don't know that Joel does every night. That, yeah, that's exactly what I was just, exactly what I was gonna say. Right there, right there. That's it. That's it. Simpatico. No, but yeah, no. I mean, we're seeing it because, I mean, it's. But they also get, have a better team too. I will say that. That's it. He uh, has more jo- shooters Joker has him. a better network. He, his supporting cast is just, right. you know, it's it's I mean, apples and oranges. It, you got Joker, Jamal. And Michael Porter, three guys they drafted are starters. Traded for Gordon. Chris Brown is drafted. So four of their seven guys in the rotation they drafted. They signed KCP, Aaron Gordon, Michael Green. Imagine that. We have like two guys that we drafted that are in our rotation. Maybe oh. three. I mean, it's because your because your your crack ownership decided to tank for fifteen years and get. And got All worried about picks. buying a football team. And they, they and yeah, worried. basically. Oh, oh God. We, okay. We, we, that's a whole other episode. That's a whole other. Je, so Jesse, you're on mute. Jesse, you're on mute. Still on mute. Still on mute. Do you have to unmute him? You got to, un- no, he's got, I'm good. there you I'm go. Good. He's good. So, so here, here's the, here's the issue though. You can, you can, you can complain about, the Sixers being terrible and tanking and everything. But you have to say that the Nuggets were able to draft Jokic with what? The 48th pick, 49th pick. Like there's, there's not a lot of talent in the NBA draft a lot of years outside of the first or second pick and everything else is like a lottery ticket. And um, I'm sorry, I I have copyrighted that term in case. (laughs) <laughs> so patent pending. So the so the problem is, you know, the the Sixers had a lot of draft picks and they shit the bed on just about all of them. I mean, you could say what Maxi and uh, Joel are the the picks that they hit on. Like yeah. they drafted Ben Simmons and he's rapidly going to be out of the league. They drafted um, Julio Okafor. 
yep. before who who couldn't play. They they drafted they drafted Gnarls, uh Noel. They Mike drafted they drafted Mike Carter Williams. They drafted uh, Mike Carter Bridges. Rookie and then the year. They they drafted Mikel Bridges and then traded him on draft night for Zaire Smith, who's out for, of the league. Who's out of the yeah, league? Yeah. Oops. Um. And then they drafted um Markel Fultz. Fultz, who who crashed his dirt bike and forgot how to shoot a basketball. So like, yeah. No, I mean, and and that's what it is. It's like you want those picks to hit on two or three. We only really hit on two, but there's such a big gap apart. Max, he's not ready to be a star yet. I think he can be, but like he needs to be a star now. And you don't like you're seeing it now. Like Jamal Murray's he's 27, 28. Like you gotta like there's no teams that win championships with your best player being 22, 23. It just doesn't happen. Like, yeah. And, and like, I wanted to talk to you guys about this when the Sixers uh, bounced out, but like I would watch, I watched a lot of the Sixers games and granted, you know, I don't have a ton of interest in the NBA to watch a lot of other basketball in the playoffs, but like, it seemed like the Sixers, if they got hot, they'd shoot the lights out of, out of the building. Just they'd shoot the lights out. And if they went cold, I mean, the last two games, they were up by what? And the, the, they were up by 10 in the one, 10 or 12, and they lost. And then they were up by 10 in the next game, and then they, they lost. And it's like I, I felt like you'd watch a series, and they would, they would get the ball. They'd, they'd bring the ball down the court. They'd cycle it around. They'd take a three, they'd miss. Boston would take the ball right back down, go for two, go for three. It doesn't matter. They'd, they'd make the points. Sixers would get the ball, they'd go right back down, they'd go for they'd go for three, they'd miss. Boston take the ball, they'd bring it down. They and it was like they just started chasing like a bad gambler on like a losing streak. They just mm-hmm. would start chasing three after three after three after three. And it's like at what point do the coaches be like, all right, guys, you've clanged three of these. You've clanged three, three threes off the rim. Now it's been a, it's been a nine point swing the other way. Start taking twos. I think, I think Shaq said that on TNT. He's like, <laughs> if I, if I came to the bench and we we're like nine for what, or like three for whatever shooting threes, he's like, if, if one of you person, one of you people shoot a three, I'm going to punch you in the face. He said, yeah, he's yeah, like, I would like, say that on the bench. <laughs> like take two. Because if you just start taking two every single time and you just start draining two, you the worst that could happen in like a, in a in a five point in a five point or five possessions is is if everybody makes your shots, you're you're down five, right? Like that's the worst that can happen. But what are the odds that the team you're playing is going to drain five five or five threes in a row? Yeah. They're going to miss shots, so you take the shots it's the and, it's it's the it's the reason why we're so infuriated more times than not with the modern day nba jesse because they just it's it's a it they live and die by the three it's the analytics now, of the league but it's is just, it also but i but i feel like boston didn't do it nearly as much as the sixers were well, boston was like we're gonna take what you're gonna give us bro like well boston just shot better but boston i mean that's what calls boston against the heat then john's comment they started the game 0 for 12 from three in game seven against the heat. And that's when Shaq made the comment, like next time out, any full stick, one more three, I'm gonna punch you in the face. 
Like, and I mean, but I mean, in at least in the Sixers series, Boston was Boston was happy to take twos. Well, that, I think in the Boston series they were at. I mean, they're a three point shooting team too, but I think Boston just saw that we had no fucking heart in Game Seven, and we choked away Game Six when yep. it got yeah, they, when it got tight. We just choked it away, and that goes on to guys like Joel. Like and, you're the and, MVP. Oh, plus, plus, when you're hurt and you don't play in the first game, and like in that the end of that game, they were up. They and were we up. still won that game. So, they, right. <laughs> game in what game six? They were up late to close it out, and then yep. they just missed shot, missed shot, choked it away. Shot, they choked it away. With like six minutes to go, we were up four in that game with six minutes to go in game six. Yeah, it's like just start taking two then. Just all you because at that point. All you're trying to do is run the clock out with a lead. Well, that's why I hope and pray that James Harden goes on his merry way out the door. And we think about, as, as Matt would say, uh, not just kick the tires, but take some test drives on some trades and start over with this place. Because you're not going to you're not going to change the way Joel plays. He's not going to turn into Joker overnight. Yeah, OK, he can get you 20, 30 points. But again, he's always hurt. It's always something. And enough now, always something. W- wouldn't it be better to see what a new coach who has like been successful in the modern day NBA can? Yeah, I don't think Nurse comes here without Joel kind of being committed to the team still. Like and, he sort of gone and, to the and or somewhere. Not and not for nothing. I don't trust the Sixers to handle a trade for Joel Embiid and get back more than like. A basketball that can't hold air and like a diarrhea sandwich. Like I really don't trust them because what yeah, are you well, getting? What are you I getting? Think, you're going to get I a bunch of we, players that aren't. Yeah. You're going to get players that aren't as good as Joel Embiid, right? Not, you're right. Or, or draft picks that are that are lottery picks. And the way that the NBA does the draft, it'd be one thing if if a team could be like, "Hey, man, I've got the number one pick in the draft." I want Joel Embiid. I think our team is right there. I'll give you the number one pick in the NBA draft. But no team can offer that until after the lottery, and no team that wins the lottery is going to trade that pick. So it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to trade the best player on your team and one of the best players in the league, and you're going to get back, what, a mid-level salary on a guy that can't play as a salary dump, a bunch of younger players, and draft picks that you're going to fuck up. And your team is going to go from losing in the second round to not making the playoffs. Like that's what's going to happen. Because I mean, I don't know about that. I think no. I think we're a playoff team with with Joel and Maxi and to, Tobias. But are I mean, you a, are you a playoff team with just Maxi and Tobias Harris? I mean, not without Joel. I mean, I'm saying that's, Joel's that's, here. If Joel's here, we'll be a playoff team. But again, we're not going to make a deep run. And, and at this point, it's championship or bust. Yeah, I mean we're but, we're literally in a quagmire. Like, and to your, yep. to your, well, it was you know honestly, it's the same thing when when you had when we had Iguodala. It was the the Sixers were they were what they were. They were going to make it to the playoffs and they were going to bounce in the first round. Yeah, we're going to win in the first round, but then not, not much past that. Six and, years. And to your to your point, like Nick Nurse, you're right. Nick Nurse doesn't come here if they're like, yeah, we're going to trade Joel. Yeah, we're gonna let Harden walk, and we're gonna trade Joel. He'd he'd be looking. Nick Nurse would be looking at that roster, and it's 
Maxi and um, Tobias. Well, I Tobias think he's here. Stealing I think money. he's. I think he's here because he because Joel's here. I. I mean, if you watch that that presser, I mean they. I don't think he's very interested in James Harden. Like, I mean, if he's here, great. If not, I don't think he's losing any sleep over. I think the best case scenario for the Sixers, if James, because I do think it's 50, 50, I think James could still come back and it is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be shocked either way with him. If he goes to Houston or comes here, if you're going to choose between us and Houston, then you're already gone. Like that's the thing I don't understand. It's and then I've reports today, Bill, or that I know he, he might be going to the Suns. These are all. I, I think this is more more or less his agent because the Sixers don't want to give him a max deal. That's the issue. If the Sixers, Sixers offer him the two hundred million dollar deal, he stays. It's but if that, you had the choice between going to the Sixers or the Suns, I can understand that. If you're going to the Sixers or Houston or Sixers in Detroit or Sixers in Orlando, I'm like. Obviously, you've already made your decision. Like that's what I don't get. It's not apples to apples. I think we're at a he point. He wants his money from us. We're we're at a point in the year though where like we're hearing the like the, the same time we're hearing Joe or uh, James Harden could go to the Suns is the same time we're hearing Le, LeBron could sign with the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, it's like it's all just it, like it, it's, it's just it's just yeah, it's rumorville right now. The, like, the problem with this fucking team though is is you know. Hiring Nick Nurse wasn't the solve to the problem. It isn't the solve to the problem. If this ownership actually gave a shit, they would have maybe made a move to get the Warriors GM and wrote a blank check and said, whatever it takes to bring you here, we'll clean house and we'll bring you here. And then we'll build a team. Otherwise, all they're doing is just putting another figurehead in the, in, in the seat at the top and expecting a different result from the same players that they've had. And I don't see it. I don't see after seven, six, seven years of Joel Embiid how he's gotten any better. Yes, you're going to say, oh, he's an MVP. Great. Congratulations. Here's your award. But what have you done? What have you done? Nothing. He's done nothing. And I don't see how anyone thinks that that's going to change with Nick Nurse being the coach. I don't see it. And same with James Harden. We were, I was wrong. We were wrong about James Harden. We got the old James Harden. Now the, all the guy all we're hearing, all we're hearing from Bill is he wants his money. Well, that's not the guy we should have traded for then. If it was the guy, all he wants is his money. Yeah. Because that's the wrong choice. So you've made wrong choice after wrong choice after wrong choice. Well, no, to them they haven't because they've we've had what four or five consecutive fifty-plus win seasons. I mean, that's not easy to do in the NBA. And we've sold out every game for the last five years. So, and the Sixers brass is mind mission mission accomplished. Sold out every home game. We get every, you know, playoff games here. Like, so in their eyes, we're making money. Hey, keep oh. this thing rolling. The, we're a pretty heavy down. televised team, too. So there's that, too. So, I mean, that's kind of, I think, I mean, yes, they want to win championships. I'm sure is their goal. But let's just be real. Like, they're making money on this team. So why are they going to fuck that up? It's you keep Joel, you maybe bring in Van Fleet or you trade for, like, Siakam or something, Toby or whatever. And you keep winning 55 games and everybody and next time next year will be like, oh, fuck the Sixers. And then when, then when the playoffs come, we'll be all yeah. a bunch of jerk offs. But the, what's the it. difference between early Iguodala playoff years, you know, Dallin Baird Iguodala years in the playoffs, either, you know, first round against Bulls or I, w- I forget whatever like that team versus this team. You're, you're talking 12 games at the end of the season. Not like, what's the, the difference? 
nothing like, because they both teams didn't win. It's the same thing yeah, as and the, the salaries were much smaller. It's the same thing as the O one Sixers. Same thing. They didn't win. So Oh now we're now we're now we're pushing that button. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just teasing <laughs> into the next episode. I'm teasing yeah, into the next episode. Those shitbirds. Yeah. Wow. I'm teasing into the next episode. We'll save yeah, that one for another one. It's yeah, a shit, that's it's a be shit fucking sandwich, and we all got to take a bite. That'll what be a bifid episode in 2001. Team, thank you. No, if anything came from that, thank God for Pat Kirchy. That's all I got to say. And hey, it goes man, back I'll agree on that. I'll fucking scam. I think that's one thing we can all agree on. And I think we'll I think we'll end the episode on that note. Thank God for Pat Kirchy. Yup. So for myself, Metal Matt, Wild Bill, the J Lo, Big John Stud, everyone be good. Go birds.